Hello and welcome to your go-to Detroit Pistons podcast, The Pistons Pulse, co-hosted by me, Bryce Simon of Motor City Hoops, a former D1 Hooper, current high school coach, teacher, husband, and father of three amazing kids, and Omari Sankofa II, Pistons beat writer for the Detroit Free Press. Omari, we're recording this right after the NBA draft is finished. I don't know, it might still be going on. The second round still may be going on, I don't know. But it was a crazy night for our Detroit Pistons. We're going to get into all of that stuff. Let's just start, like, how are you feeling right now after the whirlwind that goes with your job and the trades and Jaden Ivey falling and everything that happened? Yeah, I mean, my head is still spinning. Uh, you know, still have some work to get done tonight. And then they'll introduce the new guys, Ivy and, and uh, Jalen tomorrow. And uh, this is the peak part of the offseason. But tonight was a Trey Weaver special for sure. Uh, you know, I know the Pistons were thrilled to get Jaden Ivey at number five. Uh, just because he was, you know, pretty strongly considered to be, you know, the, the fourth best prospect in, in, in this draft, a pretty steep fall off after. Uh, if you talk to most analysts, you know, of course, Pistons will say they may not have seen it that way. But um, the fact that their phones were ringing well after they made the pick, you know, to see if Avi was a, a available kind of tells the story of the drop off between him and that Keegan Murray matterance here. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about all that, but my head is spinning, honestly, and I'm so wired right now. I mean, I fall asleep to 4 a.m. <laughs> I know that, that, that's, I'm feeling the same way. Like it, yeah. it's, it's getting late. We're recording this and I just know that I'm not gonna be able to sleep even when we're done with it. You kind of called this Omari, like you said, 45% chance you had a 45, 45 between Keegan Murray and Jaden Ivy going number four, leaving the other one for the Pistons. I thought it was more like a 20% chance for Keegan Murray, but Keegan Murray ended up going four and Jaden Ivey fell right into the Pistons and Troy Weaver's lap. That's kind of was my sense was that, you know, the Kings were sort of a coin flip between them choosing between Murray and Ivy. And of course, there's always a chance that a, a trade would be there as well. Uh, there was some reporting that they were still working the phones up until that pick was in. Uh, but that, yeah, it always seemed like the Pistons would probably pick between um, Ivy and and Murray. And then, of course, if, if Sacramento picked Ivy, I also thought that there was a chance that they would pick Bathory. Um But, yeah, I mean, you know, just I think Ivy's reaction when uh, his name was called by the Pistons kind of said it all. Uh, earlier this week, he said he only worked out for Orlando and Detroit, which made his priorities pretty strong. Either I'm the number one pick or, uh, you know, I want to go to a place I call home. So for him to... Uh, have that happen, uh, you know, we'll talk about the fit with Kate and everything else, which we've, we've already talked about. But I just think the organization is happy to get a guy uh, with such strong ties here. Uh, Mom played for the shot. Uh, dad was born here. Granddad played for the Detroit Lions. And then not only that, you know, a guy who is, you know, pretty clearly the best guard prospect in the entire draft and just as a dynamic to Detroit's offense that they just completely do not have right now. And arguably I've never had, or, you know, maybe not since I don't even know how far back you'd have to go to find a point guard who is remotely as athletic as Jaden Ivey. I mean, if you call Grant Hill a point guard, maybe, maybe he's probably the last guy, honestly. So, um, oh yeah, I mean, o- overall, I think everybody, you know, in the organization and from the Ivey family was just super thrilled and happy with how this turned out. I know where what I was doing during the draft and what I was a part of, it seemed like people, Pistons fans, really hung on to the emotion of Jaden Ivey. And I'm sure part of it was just getting drafted and all of those things. But it did seem like he was very excited about becoming a Detroit Piston. And I know that means a lot to people. It means a lot to this organization and the fan base. We saw it last year with Cade, who immediately accepted that. And and now you have this backcourt duo, and we will speak to how we think they will coexist on the court. But 
you know, what may end up being your two franchise players both really want to play for the Pistons and be in Detroit. I, I think there's something to be said for that. No doubt. I mean, the energy for the team right now is just very, very positive. Uh, we kind of saw the momentum from last year uh, with K coming in and uh, giving his team an entirely new identity. And then just the last 48 hours to move on from Jeremy Grant, you know, opening up that cap space and getting that 2025 pick. And then that ends up becoming Ivy, uh, who so that you know past Sacramento, and then Duran, uh, who they traded for using that <laughs> Milwaukee pick. Uh, you just kind of see sort of the the overarching vision I think that uh, this front office had, and I don't know if they knew that they would get Jalen Duran coming into today. Uh, but I mean, I'm, I'm probably all over the place right now. But can we just talk about just how much more athletic the team got? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> I was going to bring it up, and we're kind of trying to keep Ivy in segment one, Duran in segment two, but yeah, let's just talk about both of them. How you said it perfectly, Jaden Ivy is explosive, first step. Jalen Duran is a rim running, explosive, lob threat, offensive rebounder, shot blocker, all these things. Like this team got crazy more athletic, especially compared to how it could have gone. So, I, I don't know. Like, I wonder, I would love to know if Troy Weaver was asked, was like that the goal of the draft? Or did they just like Ivy and Duran and it kind of fell that way? Or were, or were they purposely trying to put an infusion of athleticism into this roster? Because it happened. Yeah, I mean, I think it just worked out that way. Uh, you know, I, I knew that they liked uh, Duran. I didn't know if they would have a chance to get him. But I kind of tweeted it earlier. But, you know, when I did five players to watch, you know, at the NBA Draft Combine that I wrote right before I left for Chicago a month ago, um, I had Jaden Ivy, Shayna Sharp, uh, Benedict Matherin, um, who am I forgetting? Keegan Murray, like the guys who I thought were in the mix at, at number five. And then um, Jalen Duran, you know, because I was like, if they were going to get a late first round uh, or late lottery pick, I just felt like Duran was probably going to be the guy. So they clearly, I think, prioritized athleticism. Uh, you know, it wasn't clear if they'd be able to do it just because you didn't know which direction Sacramento was going to get to. And it's a pretty fun what if, you know, Sacramento goes Jaden Ivy and the Pistons end up with Murray, then do they still trade? you know, into the uh, back half of the lottery and go for a guy like a, you know, like a Johnny Davis or whoever. Um, that's a fun one. Of, but no, they got so much more athletic. I mean, Jalen Duran is, you know, I mean, he's also one of the most athletic centers in the draft. You, you watch him play and you kind of see shades of Dwight Howard just with his rim running and uh, lob threat. Uh, he's so young, like he'll still be 18 years old when the draft starts. Like we spent so much time talking about how old King and Murray is and, they end up with a guy who's going to be 18 years old, you know, when the season starts. He doesn't turn 19 until November, which is just insanely young. Uh, so, yeah, like this team's going to look a lot different next season. Like they just – they added two guys who completely changed the dynamic of their offense and potentially their defense as well. And if you want to augment Kate Cunningham, uh, you know, with guys that who provide what he doesn't, that you want athletes around him, right? Uh, you know, along with Sadiq Ben, Isaiah Stewart, who obviously are jumping out the gym as well. So, yeah, I mean, they just checked a lot of boxes tonight. Like, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it all, but they they really went out and got two guys who were high on their draft board and changed the complexion of this day. Yeah, and that's what I say. Like, if you draft Keegan Murray and Johnny Davis, you you walk away from that draft maybe happy or content with that and excited, but it's not the same level of athleticism that we're talking about with Ivy and with Jalen Duran. I do have to ask because I know, again, I was part of the live feed that was going on. We were freaking out because it was like as soon as Jaden Ivey was selected, the reports started coming out that the Knicks were going to throw the kitchen sink at the Pistons to try to get him from Detroit. 
And then it was like Jalen Duran, and he has actually selected. Like it was all over the place. Do you were there any inclination that Jay Nivey may have been on the move? Because I don't think so. It doesn't seem that way. But did you get that vibe at all that the teams may have had a chance of really taking him from the Pistons? I do think Detroit would have moved him if the right offer came along, okay. and that had to have been. I think it would have had to have been a really good, good, good haul for him. Uh, and obviously that 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 deal never came. Uh, but I do think that there was a window after they took him um, where it was like, probably not, but we'll just see how this sort of unwinds. And then as the process went on, it was like, okay, no, like absolutely not. So uh, it was probably unlikely the entire time. But when you take a guy like Ivy, uh, the, the phones start blowing up because you have a lot of teams that sense whatever guy we get, you know, they're not, he's not going to be a Jaden Ivy, right? Um, you know, I think it's natural to kind of weigh your options and listen to what's out there. The deal never came. So, of course, they were just like, we're just not going to move him. We're going to keep him. Uh, he was on our draft board. Uh, he wants to be here. Um, it would have taken a really, really good trade to kind of pry him off of our hands. But, no, I do think there was a window where it was a possibility for sure. Yeah, I mean, when I kept hearing the Knicks and, and the people I were talking with, we were trying to put a trade together. I'm like, no, there's there's not much the Knicks could offer the Pistons where I would be excited if all of a sudden it came across and Jay Nivey was getting traded to the Knicks for whatever they could put together. And we'll talk about the trade that ended up happening in just a second that, that brought Jalen Duran and the Jeremy Grant trade that we haven't talked about yet on the podcast. That's happened since our last episode. Let, let's stick with Jay Nivey here for just a few more minutes. We've talked about it some, Omari, but do you have any concerns with the backcourt pairing of Cade Cunningham and Jaden Nivey? Yes. It's, I think it's just hard to build around a guard who is an elite athlete, could get downhill, but isn't a great passer or shooter. And we've said that, but Jaden's going to have to be able to knock down, catch and shoot threes, and he's going to have to defend. And he's going to have, so he doesn't have to be driving around as a passer, but just if you do drive downhill, you got to recognize, you know, which guys are open, you know, kick to the corner or dump off to Duran or Stewart or whoever. Like, you got to be able to make those reads consistently. And, like, I think he can get there, but he probably won't be that player right off the bat, you know, which is fine. The Pistons don't need to rush this process. Uh, with that said, and I was talking to Sean Windsor, free columnist at the practice facility earlier. And I said, you know, we talk so much about what Jaden Ivey can't do, but at the end of the day, this guy's got, like an uh, all-time great first step and, you know, an all-time great bounce. And maybe we're complicating it. Maybe, you know, he's going to draw so much attention at the rim that it'll just kind of work itself out. Um, Russell Westbrook wasn't a point guard when he was at UCLA, but he gets into the league and nobody can stay in front of him. He could dunk on anybody. And the passing just kind of comes because when you're drawing two or three guys every time you drive to the rim, uh, why wouldn't you kick it out, you know? And then he gets to the point where he's averaging 10 assists a game. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that Jay and Ivy's Russell Westbrook, but there is precedent for athletic guards coming into the league. And, you know, you focus on, you know, they're worse and whatnot. But the NBA game, in a lot of ways, I think it's simpler than college. Uh, you know, it's just a lot of drive and kick. And when you're athletic, things are going to open up for you. And particularly when you have a guy in Cade Cunningham who does everything and you already have some shooting with, you know, Sadiq Bay, And, you know, I'm sure they'll find some shooters in free agency. Isaiah Stewart might shoot a little bit better next season. Uh, some stuff is just going to come naturally to, to Jaden Ivey, and he just may be a guy where, I mean, like, what are you even thinking about? He's going to blow by everybody. Uh, he's a great athlete. He's strong. You don't have to be Chris Paul off the ball. You just have to be a good enough passer, and you still have a playmaker next to him who could do a lot. So he's got to get better, but I think you just talk about fit. You know, this is just more about talent. You know, you have Cade Cunningham, and you, got, you just got the best guard prospect in the draft, so you just draft him and you figure it out. And it's not like Jaden Ivey can't shoot. It's not like he can't pass, so he's already got the base to build on. 
I've said I don't think it's the best fit next to Cade Cunningham, but Cade's so good, I don't think you have to have the best fit. But I think it's the best fit for Jaden Ivey, in my opinion. Like, I think, and I don't know if this is why he only worked out for the Magic and the Pistons, and that's why he wanted to go to Detroit so much. But I think pairing him next to a guy like Cade Cunningham really makes his life easier, and he can just do all the things you talked about, which is what he does best. I also would be remiss not to mention that, you know, you keep saying they got the best guard in the draft. So when we talked and told people it's okay when the Pistons fell to number five on the draft lottery night, it really ended up being okay, Omari. Like, yes, would we be more excited if we were talking about Chet or Jabari or Paolo? Sure, but they still got Jaden Ivey, the best guard in the draft. And so that fall in the lottery, you know, a month ago or two, whenever that was, didn't end up being just like the end of the world. Yeah, and that's why, you know, when fans freak out about stuff, it's always just like, you know, like, let's just let the process play out first. Uh, you know, like, or even you saw fans kind of freak out about the Jeremy Grant trade because I think fans like trades that bring back things that are tangible. Draft picks are tangible. Players are tangible. And cap space is not tangible. It's just potential. And I guess the way you feel about that kind of comes down to how much you trust the front office to make good use of it. But yeah, in any draft, the fifth pick is a good pick. Like there's never a scenario where the fifth pick is not a good pick. Look at any draft and you see multiple guys who go five or later who end up becoming above average, if not star NBA players. And you only need one team in front of you to make a bad pick. Um, I think Trey Young in 2018 was the uh, fifth pick, right? And there's probably two guys above him who you look back and it's like, yeah, if you redo that, those guys definitely don't go up there. So yeah, I mean, best case scenario for the Pistons, obviously, to get Jaden Ivey at five. I mean, I don't think he could have scripted that better. Absolutely. And he's got some things to work on. I think more than anything offensively, I want to see him improve his mid-range game and get better there. And then the defeat, defensive questions, guarding on the ball, getting lost off the ball at times. But those are things that guys are going to come in with and, and he's going to improve on and get better. And we'll, we'll break his game down even more on Tuesday. We'll still drop an episode on Tuesday for everybody listening. So we don't want to get into the weeds too much. We just wanted to give our instant recap and reactions to the draft we're going to take a short break but you just brought up the jeremy grant trade and we're going to talk about the other first round pick the pistons were able to acquire partly because of that trade after this break all right hey carlos just a quick idea how about if i say hey this is sean windsor and you say hey this is carlos Mars, and i'll go and then we'll go back. You want you want to try that? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, you ready? Yep. Hey, this is Sean Windsor, and this is Carlos Menares, and we are the team behind Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean, where we are going to talk about you guessed it, sports, but lots of other stuff. Like what, Carlos? Oh, we're going to talk about your favorite subject, Sean. Food, um, probably more food, arts, culture, sports, TV, movies, you name it. If it's happened in Detroit, we're going to talk about it. And sometimes we're going to have guests in who obviously know a lot more than we do about just about everything. But we're going to have some free press journalists who talk about big stories, folks from the sports world. We're going to be out every Thursday. You can find this podcast wherever you find your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We hope you'll join us. All right, guys, we're back to talk about uh, the Jeremy Grant trade and more specifically uh, Jalen Duran, um, the the young center out of Memphis who was high on Detroit's draft board. And, uh, man, like I just think he he is very exciting. And I think, like, again, like I'm still, you know, thinking about all the work I have to, to do tonight and mapping out the next few days. But 
he has a chance to be the still of the draft as well. Uh, you know, he went 13 uh, back end of the lottery. But, you know, for a guy who's 18, uh, you know, just great rim protection instincts, like just great athlete, extremely strong. Um, and you kind of watch Robert Williams in the finals, and he was playing with like a bum knee, but he could just still impact the game in so many ways. Uh, those types of centers are still very impactful in the NBA, no matter where you get them in the draft. And I think Trey Weaver's got to covet it, a center like that. And they're not very easy to get, right? Uh, you only have a few of them in every draft. Uh, so for Trey to be able to get it tonight, uh, like I think Jaden Ivey, of course, is the highlight of the night being the fifth pick. But I wouldn't be surprised if deep down Trey is a little bit more excited that he was able to get during with the 13th pick because yeah. Because, like, Jalen Duren is, I think, just checks every box that Troy likes in, in, in centers. And a few years from now, I think that pick could really, really, really become something. I mean, we talk about floors and ceilings all the time, right, Amari? I think Jalen Duren's floor is pretty impressive because at the very least, he's going to be this super athlete. We've said it multiple times now in, in 15, 16 minutes that catches law, picks and rolls, runs the floor, protects the rim. I think he's going to be a good rim protector. I think he's switchable. I think there's a chance for him to be switchable, which now that gets super exciting. If you have him and Isaiah Stewart, if if one probably by Isaiah Stewart developing a shot more than Jalen Duran, but like that's a really exciting defensive combination there as well. But that's the floor offensively. If he does develop any sort of shot or I watched the Houston game, Omari, and he had some really, really high-level passes in the short-roll ball screen situation. It didn't show up in every film, but in that one it did against a good defense. If that stuff comes around, now you're talking about an even higher level of player. So, you know, you say Troy Weaver may be going to bed tonight more excited about Jalen Duran than Jaden. I, I might be. Like, I'm excited <laughs> about Jaden Ivey, but I'm, I'm, I'm juiced that they also got Jalen Duran. No, no doubt. Uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the, the passing, and he's so young. Like, I just like this dude is 18 years old he is like we talk about Shane and Sharp not playing a college game and how young he is but Jalen Duran is younger than Shane and Sharp like I think Troy said after we talked to him an hour ago that uh Duran was the youngest player in the draft and I knew he was one of the youngest but he might be the youngest player in the draft like he doesn't turn 19 until November I don't know which guy is younger than that uh so that so his tra- trajectory is just insane and two years from now you really start to see him put some things together and uh, I want to talk about his fit with Isaiah Stewart, too, uh, because we really did see Isaiah Stewart make a leap last season just as a guy who could stick with guys in the perimeter. And if he can knock down threes like a 35% clip, which I do think he'll be eventually be able to do, that could be a, a suffocating front court defensively, like absolutely suffocating. And then if you add Jay Nivey, if, if just the athleticism of him, the length of Cade Cunningham, you you play Killian in there every once in a while. Like, and then it's not bad offensively still. Like that's what's exciting about all of it. Uh, we're talking about fit. So I got to ask this, like, what do you think this means for DeAndre Ayton? Because, and we'll talk about the Jeremy Grant trade more in just a second. But after that trade, everybody's like, oh, they're definitely going for DeAndre Ayton. I think there's like, everything was reporting. Pistons all in on DeAndre Ayton now. I don't know that they're completely out on DeAndre Ayton because of Jalen Duran, but do you think it changes that at all? Yeah, I don't think they're completely out, but I think if you just look at the best use of your cap space, sure, you can still offer it back to Ayton, but uh, not that they're, they're probably going to buy out Kimball Walker, uh, so that eats it to the cap a little bit. I still got to sit down and crunch all the numbers because I haven't even had a chance to do that, but uh, Ayton definitely takes up more of the cap than he would have on a max deal this morning. And you look at it like, okay, we have Isaiah Stewart, we have Jalen Duran, 
do we need to invest that much money in another center, even if Aiton obviously is, you know, he would probably come in and immediately be, you know, a top two player on the team from a talent standpoint. You know, I don't know if the incentive to make that type of move is as strong as it was previously. Uh, you have Duran, you have Isaiah Stewart. Marvin uh, Bagley. Marvin Bagley. Uh, you know, Kelly Olenek is still on, on the roster. Yeah, I mean, that's already a pretty crowded front court. And I know you've seen Troy Weaver stockpile centers a couple of years ago, but that was more of a process thing and less of a, we want to play six centers, <laughs> you know, in any given game. So, uh, yeah, like I'm not going to say that they're completely out on Aiton, but maybe the incentive to trade for him isn't as strong as it was previously. I know Troy Weaver said the other day that the draft didn't or wasn't going to dictate their free agency, but I can't help but think about this, Omar. You take you take Jaden Ivey. That probably means you're not going to go after Jalen Brunson, Colin Sexton, or Anthony Simons. You draft Jalen Duran. That might mean that you don't go after DeAndre Ayton. Like, Troy Weaver can say whatever he wants. I feel like because the draft went this way, which maybe was the 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 home run for Troy Weaver – it's going to end up affecting what they do and how they spend their money in free agency. To an extent, yes. Like Troy said, it won't. But, you know, I think when you end up with Ivy, Jalen, who filled two pretty big needs on the roster, but also two highly athletic, you know, high upside guys. Uh, yeah, like maybe you shift your strategy more to, well, just what do we need at this point? We have our young core in place. We have, we've made six first round picks in the last three years. You know, so how do we just help these guys get to like that next step? You already have Corey Joseph. He's back on the player option. Kelly Olenek. Uh, actually, I asked Troy, you know, like, do you bring in more vets at this point, you know, just because your roster is so young? And he kind of joked, um, I mean, we could bring in a 23-year-old and he'd be a vet, right? <laughs> but, yeah, like, I think the clear need on, on, on this roster is shooting because you made two first-round picks tonight and now there are those guys shoot. Uh, DeAndre Ayton does not shoot. Uh, Kyle Sexton can shoot pretty well, but, you know, he's probably going to run you $20, 25000000 million. You know, there, there's just probably be- better ways to use that cap, and it would not surprise me if the Pistons approach the summer with the mindset of instead of one big splash, we're going to get some key row guys and some, you know, some guys who can really shoot it because that's what we need. And you can sign them to short term or flexible deals and you can kind of roll that flexibility forward to next offseason when maybe you could make a bigger splash. That's exactly what Keith Smith came on and said on the podcast, right? Was like, you don't have to go for these big fish. You can maybe overpay just a little bit, but it's not an overpay if it's only for one year. And I think that's what fans need to keep in mind is maybe they give a guy 15 million that we all think should only get 10. Well, it's only for a year. It's okay. Like you said, we'll roll that cap space over to the next year. Part of the reason they have so much cap space was because of the Jeremy Grant trade. I know this was all about the draft, but you know, 24 hours ago, Wes said it before the recording, it doesn't seem like it was only 24 hours ago. The Pistons traded Jeremy Grant and what seemed like a less than value trade, but as it's all worked itself out, Jeremy Grant eventually became the number 13 pick of Jalen Duran, some second round picks and still cap space, even after taking on the Kimball Walker contract. I mean, when you think about two summers ago, they signed Troy Weaver signed Jeremy Grant to a deal that nobody thought was any good. And now he's turned him into this. Like maybe Weaver knows what he's doing. Maybe, maybe. Because <laughs> uh, here's the thing. Uh, even if they had traded even if, even if they had gotten that number seven pick from Portland, that number seven pick still might have become Duran. Yeah. So at the end of the day, like a pick is a pick, but I think Trey got the player he wanted. So at the end of the day, you know, you flip, you know, Grant for, you know, the player Trey wanted an additional cap. Uh, so you kind of get the best of both worlds. So, yeah, I didn't think the Jeremy Grant trade was bad because I just think 
getting the pick and flexibility is always good. Like regardless of what the theoretical best option was, a lot of times what is realistic in theory is not the actuality. A day later and you get Darren and, and Cap, I mean, I would say that's probably close to the, the best case scenario for Jeremy Grant, who was a good player, useful player, proven player, but also has never made an all-star team. So, uh, you know, a guy like that is probably closer to the Robert Covington tier prospect than maybe what some would have expected him to get back. So, yeah, overall, I think the process for this was really good. Yeah, and, and you got to think that Weaver probably had an idea that this trade would be in place if he made the Grant trade to Portland, taking on the money. And, and that tw- I do want to say that 2025 first did end up going, I think it's in Charlotte now. Again, we'll, we'll break that stuff down a little bit more on Tuesday whenever we have an, an hour episode to get into all of it. And maybe we've all had a little bit more sleep um, than whenever we do right now. Summer League is going to be so much fun, Omari. I was I couldn't oh, yeah. I couldn't help but think about this. I don't know what current guys on the roster are going to play, but the Pistons may have the most exciting team. We've been talking about athleticism. Me and you are going to be out there. Pistons have the primetime game on Thursday night, the first night. So I think this is just two weeks away is Summer League out in Vegas, and we're going to get to see Jay Nivey and Jalen Duran up. Yeah, that uh, pick and roll has a potential to be absolutely devastating. <laughs> I mean – yeah, like again, like they got. Uh, if, you, if you're ranking the top five athletes in, in this draft, the Pistons got two of them. Uh, so I didn't even think about their summer league team, but yeah, like you have Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran. Uh, I'm sure Isaiah Livers will be out Say there. Livers, who will be a nice player. Like they'll, they'll have a nice little yeah. squad. I, I don't anticipate those guys end up playing, you know, in every single game because that's kind of how we see those things go. But just in terms of entertainment value, that that's a lot of entertainment for one team with with those two guys. Oh, that's a lot of entertainment. Yeah, no, I'm super excited for that. No, I didn't even think about that until now. That's a really exciting team. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, you got anything else from tonight? Any other thoughts? Any? I know you got an article you got to finish up. Um, we got some other things we got to clean up before we, we go to bed. And then uh, I'm sure there'll be all sorts of stuff to unpack Friday throughout the weekend. And then again, guys, we will be back on Tuesday. We just... We, we wanted to dedicate ourselves to this, get an uh, episode out to you first thing Friday morning. So we appreciate you listening, supporting the podcast. We'll be back on Tuesday with a little extra sleep, man. Omari, thank you so much for saying it. I, I, I hope you guys understand how busy this man was tonight and how much more work he has to do. And so I, I know I appreciate the fact that he took the time to do this, and, and I hope you guys do as well. Love for sure. Uh, our uh, general assignment sports reporter Tony Garcia, who was uh, at the practice facility tonight, like he would he would say, "I took a look up from my phone from, for like three hours straight." Like I was just just constant, just trying to stay on top of everything. Uh, I would say uh, uh, draft night with Troy Weaver is always uh, going to be an insanely busy night because you just don't know what's quite going to happen. Uh, but he he very clearly relishes these moments to kind of flesh the, the team out. And yeah, I mean, you just look at his, his, his resume. You have six first round picks in three years. Two, well, three of those guys so far have made a, a, an all-rookie team. And, you know, I'm sure Duran and Ivy will have a good chance next year as well. So, uh, you know, like it's just a, a, exciting. As a reporter, I think you always want some excitement. You know, you want to cover a team that people are interested in. And uh, this is like the third straight draft where Pistons fans are like, doing backflips because uh, a lot of boxes got checked. So, um, yeah, no, I'm glad we got to record the spot tonight. And, um, yeah, and then next week, uh, free agency, and then week after that, Summer League. So it's just going to be a lot of excitement, a lot to talk about over the next few weeks. So, again, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. 
Uh, didn't do an outline for this episode. We kind of just winged it. So I hope I do the proper uh, shout outs at the, at the end. But thanks to Anjanette Delgado, uh, Carrie Jr. second. And actually, Carrie's out tonight. Um, our intern is doing the pot. Yes, definitely shout out Pavi, the summer intern at the Detroit Free Press, who's staying up late with us, getting this out for you guys Friday morning. Uh, huge thank you to her. Absolutely. And then also uh, shout out to Kirkland Crawford, uh, who stayed up tonight to uh, see everything go, go down. And the, the Fleet team as a whole, everybody else up with draft coverage. And then last but certainly not least, our man, Wes, uh, who was on with the pod as, as well. And we'll get him into the fold. So, uh, so good night, everybody. And we'll talk to you soon.